Proverbs chapter number 3. Go down to verse number 21 tonight. The Bible says, My son, let not them depart from thine eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. So shall they be life unto thy soul and grace to thy neck. Then shalt thou walk in thy way safely, and thy foot shall not stumble. When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Yea, thou shalt lie down, and thy sleep shall be sweet. Be not afraid of sudden fear, neither of the desolation of the wicked when it cometh. For the Lord shall be thy confidence and shall keep thy foot from being taken. Withhold not good from them to whom it is, in, it is due when it is in the power of thine hand to do, do it. Say not to thy neighbor, go and come again and tomorrow I will give when thou hast it by thee. Devise not evil against thy neighbor seeing he dwelleth securely by thee. Strive not with the man without cause if he have done thee no harm. Envy thou not the oppressor and choose none of his ways. For the froward is an abomination to the Lord, but his secret is with the righteous. The curse of the Lord is in the house of the wicked, but he blesseth the habitation of the just. Surely he scorneth the scorners, but he giveth grace unto the lowly. The wise shall inherit glory, but shame shall be to the promotion, or shall be the promotion of fools. Let's pray to Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you again for tonight. We thank you, Lord, that your strength is perfect, God, and Lord, in our weaknesses, God, we see it manifested. God, we see it on full display. Lord, I want to thank you tonight. Lord, forgive me places, Lord, that if I'm honest and I'm willing to, that I can see your work in my life. Lord, I can try to cover them up. Lord, I can try to pretend they're not there. And I can try to, uh, Lord, act as if everything is, is A-OK. I'm, I'm, I'm in control of it, Lord. And I'll neglect the very area, God, you want to work in my life. Help me, Lord, not to trust in my own understanding. Lord, help me not to trust in my own ability. Lord, rather help me tonight, Lord, to trust in you. We pray, Lord, tonight you'd take your word, God, that you'd help us with it tonight. And, Lord, just work in our hearts again this evening. And, Lord, help us with wisdom. Lord, we need it tonight. Lord, we're asking for it. Lord, pray that we seek it. And, God, that when we find it, Lord, help us rejoice over it tonight. Lord, thank you for being a God that is willing to bestow and give wisdom freely. Lord, you upbraideth not, God. You're not willing. You don't want to hold it back from us, God. You're not, Lord, holding over our head, God. But, Lord, you're willing to give it to us. We ask you, Lord, tonight that you do exactly that. Lord, we need wisdom tonight. God, for the areas of life, God, that we have to live. We need wisdom tonight for the decisions that have to be made. God, we need wisdom on how to live the Christian life. And Lord, we ask you tonight you get exactly that. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this evening. Lord, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I don't know about you tonight. We've, we're wrapping up chapter number three this evening. And I don't have, I don't have anything staged tonight. I don't have any uh, spoons of spirituality and belts of Bible truth and all that wonderful stuff tonight. But here's, here's what I, I've come to realization to, that I don't know the age of, this, of Solomon's son here, but I'm really starting to identify. Now, I could not identify with this, you know, 10 or 11, 12 years ago before I was a father. Matter of fact, I was on the, I was on the bottom end of it, and, and there's some things tonight that, that we're going to look into and we're going to realize that I remember my father saying to me or trying to put into practice in my life, but notice this, we've already dealt with this issue of forgetfulness. Verse number one tonight of Proverbs chapter number three, he said, never forget not. Don't forget what I've told you. Don't forget uh, what, what I've said to you and how many of us as parents have had to tell that to you. Hey, don't forget what I just told you. And you ask him 30 seconds later, hey, what did I just tell you? I don't know. What were you doing? Were you even listening to me? So he said he dealt with the son's forgiveness. Then he dealt with the son's discipline in verse number 11. We talked about that last week. But then tonight, we're going to deal with this thought of, of don't lose it, right? Don't leave it behind. Don't, don't allow it to 
get away from you and how, how, to, how to deal with the son's ability to lose things. Now, my dad had a rule growing up. If you borrowed any of his tools, that was fine as long as you put it back where you found it. You know who was the worst offender of that rule? Me. Right out, because well, what about your brother, preacher? Well, he never went and grabbed tools. I don't know what he did. But I would always get called on to fix things, go cut the grass, all that kind of stuff. And, and I remember being out there, you know, I wouldn't put the lawnmower back exactly where it was supposed to go. I'd go grab a wrench and leave it in my pocket and go through the wash. And so my mom would find it. And all, it was one thing after another. He said, listen, son, if you want to borrow my tools, you need to put it back where you found it. Now, the camel that finally broke the straws back, my dad, was, we, he was still in the military and he had got put on field duty, and so they were going out to train out there in the field, and he was supposed to bring all his equipment. Well, my dad's military poncho had a blanket liner inside of it. It was a, it was a as thin little blanket like that, but, I mean, as warm as, as fresh-baked cookies when you, when you put it on top of you. And I loved taking that thing camping with me. I loved taking that thing and just, I mean, snuggling up on the couch and then going to sleep with that. Well, I forgot to put it back where I found it. And my dad was out in the field, it was, it was in the winter time, and he, was, he said it was like 12 degrees outside, and all he had, he unrolled his poncho and realized all he had was the plastic part. And he said, that thing won't keep me warm. And so he had three to four days to brew on it. And so by the time he got back to the house, I, I, I learned then to always put things back where I found them. And we're going to see it tonight, when it comes to the Solomon speaking to his son tonight, he's telling him, don't lose wisdom. Right, he's saying, don't lose it tonight. Don't allow it to get away from you. But wisdom isn't an object, right? He, he wasn't talking about, you know, find the, a word wisdom, stick it in your pocket and don't lose it and keep it, keep it near to you. But rather, when we're talking about losing wisdom or, or, or allowing it to get away from us, notice what it says there in verse number 21. My son, let not them, what wisdom, right? Wise sayings, knowledge, truth. Let not them depart from that. In essence, don't take your focus off it, right? Because the moment you and I take our eyes off of wisdom and God's wisdom, or not, well, then what are we looking at? Where are we going? We're fixing to go into a wreck and a bad decision. We're, we're going to do all those things. And so tonight, Solomon says, hey, listen, don't forget. Don't let, it, don't let your focus be dim on wisdom. But then he goes on to say as well, keep sound wisdom and discretion right there in verse number 21. And once again, that's not that oblig, obligation of, of, uh, of action. I'm going to keep it. I'm going to fulfill the law. I'm going to be the perfect Christian. I'm not going to mess up like everybody else is. No, we're all going to go down that time. But rather, that word keep is to guard, to treasure, to, 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 to just love and, and think it as something very, very valuable. In essence, Solomon said, hey, don't lose that heart towards wisdom. Don't let that focus get out of, out, of, out, of, uh, out of whack tonight. And so he gives his son three reasons why the Christian should not lose focus of God's wisdom in our life. Now, I just want to give three simple reasons tonight on why you should not let wisdom or lose your focus on wisdom tonight, but rather to guard it, to treasure it, and to continue to practice it and, and to use it in everyday life. Notice, number one, the immediate effects of wisdom. One of the reasons why I love using a pressure washer tonight is because you can see the effect immediately. Right, I was, when we had that one work day, I was using Miss Hilda's pressure washer, and I, I, the, temp, the temptation was there. Right, I was, I was doing the front of the church, but I was also doing right there in the, the concrete driveway. And I thought, man, I wonder what people would do if I wrote my name right here. <laughs> pastor Tate Wagner. Well, who's the pastor? Just look at the driveway. 
That's how you'll know, right? But it's it's instantly, right? It's amazing to watch that you can see the immediate effect. It's not one of those things that you got to wait two weeks to see how it really happened, but rather it's right there in the moment that you can see it that way. And there's some things about wisdom, right? You don't have to wait 20 years to, 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 to see or 20 years to experience their immediate effects tonight. And we see them down in verses 22 through 24 tonight. It produces, wisdom produces the immediate effects tonight that you can see it. Verse number 22, he goes on to say, he says, so shall thy, they be life unto thy soul. The moment you and I understand God's wisdom or a truth of the Bible, does it not bring life into you? Does it not bring excitement or, or understanding that light bulb moment where it goes off and you realize why God put that in his word and how, you know, thousands of years before you ever came into existence, God was willing to record his word so that in 2023, you would sit down and say, oh, I get that. And then you say, man, God, why? You must truly love me if you're willing to preserve and to allow all this to take place so I could sit down and in the midst of my troubles, in the midst of my help, sit down in the word of God and glean something from it and get wisdom and it brings life to your soul. But even when you think about it in the sense of salvation, right, man, that, that brings life, literally brings life, right? Resurrects, resurrection power brought into your spirit, into your life. And, 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 and here's the thing, and it changes everything, right? That's why... On a, on a Tuesday night, me and my family can go into a, a church with a, in a storefront building and, and, and all of that stuff and people driving by on the highway wondering what in the world's going on in there. And I don't have to go in to know what's going on in there, but I'm, I'm grateful for it tonight, just like it is tonight. They'll probably think, man, people driving by, I thought they only had church on Sundays. What's wrong with those? Why are they there? They, they must be bad off. They got to go three times a week, and we're saying, no, we just need it three times a week. We're, we're excited for it. We, we want it. Why? Because when we get from God's word, the wisdom that we need, it brings life to us. Amen? And a lot of times we, we live for the, the, the excitement of the Christian life for an exciting experience, just like it is where we're planning revival, right? I don't want to have no dead service by, by any means tonight. You know, I don't want to experience. Said, I, I, life's too short. I, I, God's too good for to come us in here and act like he can't help us and act like he can't bless us. But at the same time, I don't want it just to be an exciting service. I don't want us all to shout and hang from the chandeliers and walk out of here without nothing. Right besides that, we had a good service. But rather, I'd want God to take his word and give us wisdom because we know that brings life to us. He says, life into thy soul. Then he says, grace to thy neck. He says, grace to thy neck. When you got a head my size, you need, a grace, you need grace in your neck, Amen. And things got to hold up ahead in my size. But the psalmist wasn't, or the, uh, Solomon wasn't talking about the size of his son's neck, but rather the work of grace, right? The wisdom of sanctification. You might have say, heard, heard it said this way, that when, when somebody helps you out or somebody saves the day, you'll say something along these lines, boy, you sure did save my neck in that situation, right? Because if, if things hadn't changed, it would have ended badly for me, but you saved my neck. And so in essence, how many are glad for the work of grace in your life? How many are glad for the fact when you could have made a mess of it, God said, hold on a second, I'm going to be graceful for you. I'm not, going to, I'm not going to allow you to go do that without first warning you or giving you the escape that you need to get out of that. Rather, I'm going to be graceful for you. So in essence, it's that working in your life. That I, and that's the immediate effect of wisdom. That's why as a Christian, I can look at the bar and say they look like they're having a good time. And they look like everything's fun in there and everything's fine. But in the, uh, wisdom tells me otherwise. 
Right? Wisdom tells me that the strong drink is raging and those that partake are not wise thereof. And so, in essence, if it goes directly against wisdom, that immediate effect of wisdom in my life says, don't go there. Don't do those things. And it saves me and saves you and I from making a wreck of things. It helps us to avoid destruction. So the immediate effect right there in verse number 22, then we see another one in verse number 23. Immediately then shalt thou walk in thy way safely, and thy foot shall not stumble. See, wisdom gives you a safe place to walk. And as it's tonight, they'll say it's a narrow path, they'll say it's a narrow way, let them talk tonight. But listen, if you're walking within the regulations and the principles and the truths of God's word, there is no safer place to walk. There is no safer place to build your life upon. There is no safer place to, 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 to serve the Lord within the confines of the scriptures tonight. And we're grateful for wisdom. Why? Because it's a safe walk. It helps us avoid dangers and injuries, right? But also now this, it says you shall not stumble. You shall not stumble. Now, tonight there are some of us who are more graceful physically than others tonight. And he's not talking about you and I falling in a physical sense, amen. I don't know what it is, if, but there's, there's in our bedroom, in our bed, there's the end of, at the foot of our bed, the way it's, it's made, our mattress sits above it. But there's this little part that comes off just like this right here. And I, it's been there ever since me and Miss Becky's been married. We've only had one bed frame in our entire marriage. And somehow, in all the years that we've been married, I still catch my thigh on that thing. And I don't know why. <laughs> I know it's there. And there's a permanent bruise on both my thighs uh, from catching that thing because it comes out on both sides. But tonight, he's not talking about, you know, it, it, wisdom will keep you from stubbing your toe again, but rather to help you not to where you're not tripping and stumbling through the Christian life, right? Because we're to be soldiers, Right, we're to be good soldiers for Jesus Christ. Imagine if you were fighting a battle and all of a sudden that platoon is coming towards you and they're stumbling and fumbling all over themselves. You're saying, well, this is fixing to be easy. Right, if I just stand right here, they may just take care of themselves before they get here. And what we see tonight in our Christian life is that God never intended you and I to, to the, live the Christian life. Just, and, now, and we may not always know the immediate answer. We may not always know the, the, the next step immediately. But at the same time, we do have direction. We do have discernment. And when we don't know what to do, God has given us, wait. Wait on the Lord. Right? And allow him to guide you and direct you. So the Christian life isn't one where you've got to bounce from one thing to the next, and one thing to the next, and one thing to the next. And so I don't really know what I'm doing. Rather, it's getting wisdom and it's a safe walk, right? It's not just a clear path, but it's also a cautious practice. See, little Miss Silas, she's learning how to walk, and, and it's absolutely amazing. And the only way I could describe Miss Silas' walk is it's, she walks just like my sister, just 20 years younger, more than 20 years younger. But it's, it's amazing to watch because she doesn't understand the concept. Now, here's the thing. We can say, Shiloh, go walk over there. And she's going to walk over there. She's going to go in the right direction. She's going to be obeying the, her father's command, right? But she, at the same time, she just, I mean, she, she gets them little legs are going and she just goes after it. She does not care where she's walking and what she's walking over. I can't tell how many times she's going in the right direction, doing the right thing and trips over a root, trips over something, and we've, we've had to tell her to stop and say, listen, you've got to learn to take a step over that. You've got to learn to, to get around that, right? I don't want to sit there and point my finger and say, ha, he tripped and fell, right? it built character for sure. I don't know if it built the right one, but that's, that's how God is with us, right? When we trip and fall, he doesn't say, well, I'm, I'm done with you. I'm through with you. He don't laugh at us. Riley says, listen, listen, you got to learn from this. You got you to learn from this experience so that way you don't keep doing this over and over again. And like a good father, he coaches us and teaches us on how to not get, stumble on those things. That comes from wisdom. 
So we see the immediate effect. It gives us a safe walk. And then verse number 24, wisdom gives us real rest. The immediate effect of it gives you real rest. Look at verse number 24. When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Yea, thou shalt lie down, and thy sleep shall be sweet. Now, some of you may not be like me. Listen, if I sit still for five minutes and there's not something going on, or whatever's going on doesn't interest me, give me five to ten minutes, I can be asleep. It's just I, mean, I, I can do That's I, God blessed me with that ability, I guess. It just doesn't always work well, especially like when your wife's wanting to talk to you or you're at somebody else's house. I still remember that time, Brother Kim invited our family. They had just either started coming here or hadn't been coming here very long. They invited us over for dinner. And so I was still in the cabinet shop. I got up early that morning. And we went over there, and Brother Kim, I think we ate spaghetti that night. And then he sat me down in the most comfortable chair in his house and turned on the television to turn on a preacher. And I love preaching. But it's hard when you've worked all day, you've got a full belly, and you're not sitting on a church pew, you're not sitting in an uncomfortable chair, you're sitting in a lazy boy recliner that's reclined. I still to this day, Brother, have no idea what that man preached on. <laughs> I fell asleep right in the middle of Brother Kim's living room as his guest. Right, but he's not talking about it in a physical sense, right? Because, listen, the older you get, listen, you can go to bed and feel fine and not do anything throughout the night and wake up sore somehow. Right, it, it just happens that way. But he's not talking about that you won't, you won't go to bed and, and, and you won't wake up three or four times. You won't, you won't wake up uncomfortable. You won't wake up with your arm numb or, you know, ear bent in a crazy direction. But rather what he's saying is when you do lay down, right, there's, there's not that constant worry. There's not that constant fretting, that fear that goes on in there. You're able to go to bed at night and say, listen, everything may not be figured out. Everything may not be solved. I may not have the answers for everything, but I'm going to go to bed trusting the one who does. So I'm going I'm to pillow my head at night knowing that God is going to take care of me. So it's not a physical promise. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a spiritual, emotional uh, uh, gift to us as believers that we can go to bed at night with America going as crazy as it is. Right, they're talking about World War III. They're talking about what's going on in Ukraine with Russia, China, Iran's got nuclear weapon or nuclear grade, nuclear weapons grade plutonium and all this kind of stuff going on over there. If you ought to, <laughs> I, I must not listen to the same newscast that Miss Holly did, amen? <laughs> they were telling me all the bad things that are going on in the world. But yet, she can go to bed rejoicing for what she heard. And I can go to bed rejoicing and say, you know what? Even if it all does go crazy, God's still in control. And he's going to take care of me. That's the immediate effect of, it's not blind faith. It's wisdom knowing that God has proven himself through time and time again, not just in the word of God, but in my life personally. He can take care of me, right? If he can provide the smallest things for me that nobody else knows about, that he can provide the great things for me as well. And so we can, these are the immediate effects of wisdom. Are you entering, are you enjoying the immediate effects of wisdom? Are you willing to allow wisdom in so the immediate becomes long-term? in your life. And this isn't just, you know, here, all right, you get to experience that trial period, that 30 day, then you don't have to, you have to pay after that trial period. No, that's not how God works. But rather, you think about the lady, in the, and we talked about, it, I don't know what service it was, that, that, that lady who, who, who made the bread and, uh, for Elijah, and he said, you know, I'm going to make this, I'm going to go die. And then she found out the same barrel that she, she thought she was going to die from was the same barrel that fed her for the rest of her life. That's how it is with God's word, right? We enjoy it, in, it immediately. We say, man, this is great. But the longer we enjoy it, the longer we experience, the longer we, we allow it in our life, the more we enjoy it, the greater it becomes to us. The, the sooner we expect in that sense. So we see the immediate effects of wisdom. Then notice number two tonight, why, why should every Christian uh, uh, not lose their focus on wisdom? Because the solidification of the heart that wisdom does. Right? Now typically as a preacher, as a Christian, we talk about a hard heart, that's not a good thing. 
Right, you have a hard heart, that means you are, you've lost your compassion, you've lost your joy, you've lost your zeal, you've lost your excitement, you've lost whatever you feel in the blank tonight. We say about having a hard heart, we ask God to break up the fallow ground. God squeeze their heart till the tears come out and Lord help them to regain what is missing there. But I'm not talking about a hard heart, I'm talking about a solid or a settled heart tonight. One that understands, one that is settled, one that is, is not like everybody else in the world, it is settled and it is, it's solidified by the the, the wisdom of God tonight. So I want to encourage you to have a solid heart tonight. And we see three signs right here in Proverbs 7, number 3, verses 25 and 31, three signs of a solid heart or a settled heart tonight. Notice this. Well, how, how do I know, preacher, if I have a settled heart? Well, you're not bothered by fear. You're not bothered by fear. Now, I'm not saying that there's not going to be an instant where fear is going to creep into your life or, or you're going to go to a situation that if you don't respond to it rightly, that fear will once again arise up and control you, but rather a solid heart or a settled heart says, you know what, I need to, I need to calm down. I need to realize that there's, there's, I need to think about this, I need to dwell about this, I need to discern this, meditate on this before I just react to it. Now, it's different when it's something like Brother Ricky talks about happens right on the job site, right? You need to, you need to make sure that, that, solve that situation quickly, but at the same time, right, the, one of the things we try to teach our kids, the worst thing you can do is panic. It doesn't matter the situation. It doesn't matter the, 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 who's there and who's not there. What's going on? The worst thing you can do is panic. And here, the, the writer of Proverbs, Solomon, tells us that a, 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 a solid heart or one that is settled is one that is not bothered by fear. Look at verse number 25. Be not afraid of sudden fear. Now, we talked about the other night how some verses stick out to us. This verse sticks out to me. This is the last verse I preached out of right before we shut down for COVID. I still remember the service. I still remember it was like phone call after phone call after phone call. Uh, people that, you know, and I understand where all that came from. I think we met in here that night. It was probably about three or four of us, maybe more. Than, I don't remember who was all here that night. But I remember this. That's the verse that God put on my heart. Don't let sudden fear, right? That, that, and, 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 that don't be afraid of sudden fear, neither of the desolation of the wicked when it cometh, right? So he says here that a, a settled heart is not, not fearful or not bothered by fear. Sudden appear, appears out of nowhere, right? We didn't see it coming. It's one thing when, when something is laid out before us, we're given the warnings, we understand that it's a possibility, but it's something completely different when it takes us by surprise. And yet ask yourselves, when that happens, am I going to panic or am I going to proceed with wisdom? Am I, am I going to proceed with a calm head and a, and a, and a, and a cool uh, attitude in that sense? I, I'm not going to just automatically give myself over to panic. You know, well, preacher, what's the difference there? Well, let me ask you tonight, were you afraid of running out of toilet paper? I still, that still blows my mind. Right, there was this, this, you know, this disease that was coming in, this virus that was coming in, and it's obviously an upper respiratory virus, and it's obviously uh, that it attacks the lungs and all, all that kind of stuff tonight, and everybody is buying toilet paper. I remember calling people, making sure they had toilet paper, because since we weren't meeting in the church, the church had toilet paper. I was going to start a new ministry. I didn't know what to call it. <laughs> All I could think was charming songs, and none of those were, right? But, you know, that's that panic mode. There was people going to stores and buying it by the trailer just to go down the road a little bit further to sell it to somebody else at, at 10 times what they paid for it. Having to call stores, do you have toilet paper, right? And that's just panic. That's just hysteria is what that is. And, and we look at that and we think, man, that's crazy. But sometimes we do that in our Christian life, right? We get the bad news. Well, God must not love me no more. We get, we get the, 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 the devastating uh, report from the doctor. What did I do to deserve this? 
right? Things happen and things take place in our life and, and our panic doesn't look like us running around with our heads cut off, but rather we begin to doubt God. And once again, it goes back to verse number 21. Don't lose sight of wisdom. Don't lose sight of wisdom. Why? Wisdom will help you not to be bothered by fear. Then look at verse number 26. He goes on to say, the Lord shall be thy confidence and shall keep thy foot from being taken. In essence, tonight, listen, if you and I are walking the will of God, we're obeying God's word, right? Those things that happen to us, God is fully aware that those things are happening to us, right? He can take care of us. He can provide for us and give us those things that we need in those moments. The Lord's gonna keep you in the right place. If you just trust him, he'll keep you in the right place tonight. And look down at verse number 27, 28. How, how, what does a solid, settled heart look like? It's not bothered by fear. It engages in compassion. Verse number 27 he goes on to say, withhold not good from them to whom it is due when it is in the power of thine hand to do it. Now, we're going to do a little uh, English lesson here tonight. That phrase right there in verse number 27 uh, where it says, withhold not good from, uh, from them to whom it is due. If something is due, what does that mean? You owe somebody something. Right, just this week, I'd have stopped by the, the, the little place in Hepsburg, the, 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 uh, the sheriff station, water place, the four-in-one, whatever it is. And I stopped in there, and, and I thought, man, I fixed I have to pay a late fee because I always forget to pay the water bill on time. It's just one of those things, right? And so I thought, man, I, I, I had the money. I said, hey, my, my water bill was $14.99, and that's what the late fee. It was 13 something without it. And I thought, well, I'm going to get my one little penny back. I'm going to be excited about it. And that lady... Uh, I handed the things over to the lady and she gave it back to me and she was putting change in the envelope and she was, I counted the dollars up because I paid with the 20. I said, this ain't right. I said, well, let me check and make sure before I just tell this lady she gave me back too much change. I come to find out because yesterday was, or Monday was President's Day, they didn't, they didn't count that against me. I said, well, praise the Lord. I saved a dollar and like 12 cents, amen. And so we went and celebrated. I got two cups of ice from the gas station, amen, to celebrate <laughs> with those things. But rather, you know, it's owed to somebody. It's due. There's a due date. You have to pay it by this amount or by this day at this amount. And so he goes right here. He says, withhold not good for them to whom it is due. Right? Those people that God has put in our heart, the Holy Spirit has convicted us and said, hey, listen, be good to them. Oh, you know, it's owed to them. What's well, the preacher? I don't owe any man anything. Paul said he did. Paul said, I'm a debtor both to the, the, the Greek and, and, and all. I'm a debtor with, with what? The gospel, right? We always, anytime we think about giving or, or helping somebody out, we honestly always go to money first, right? We always, I gotta give them money. I gotta give them money. But no, really, we can give them something greater, right? Wasn't it Peter said, silver and gold, have I none? He said, I'm a Baptist, I'm broke, right? But in the name of Jesus, get up, right? I, well, that money and that silver and gold ain't gonna help you, but there is one who can. And right, we're living in a world, we're living in a, in, in, a, in a community, we're living in a city that has desperate need of the gospel and we are due to give it to them. We've been commanded to give it to them. It's owed to them because it was given to us and we sit there and we say, well, I can't do that. I'm not able to do that. When reality is if the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you, you have everything you need. You have the word of God, you have the Holy Spirit. What else do you need tonight? And so we understand tonight that a, a heart that is settled says, you know what, this is my commission. This is what I'm, I'm called to do. It engages in compassion. Verse number 28, say, say not unto thy neighbor, go and come again and tomorrow I will give when thou hast it by thee. In essence, he's saying, hey, don't try to find a way out of it. Don't try to say, well, you know what, I'll tell you what, we'll put it to the test. Well, if, he, if everything's still there tomorrow, then I will do that, right? And in essence, tonight, one of the most dangerous tools that Satan has in his toolbox is procrastination. You don't have to do it right now. You don't have to do it today. 
Right? I understand the Holy Spirit's dealing with you. He's, he's telling you. He's revealing it to you. He's, he's, he's put it in your heart to do that and say, so, well, you can do it tomorrow. Well, if, you, if the Lord wants you to do it tomorrow, why is he telling you to do it today? Right? So we have to understand that tonight and a heart that is settled will be engages in compassion. It doesn't find the excuse out. Rather, it finds the reason in. Who can I tell today? Who can I, who can I show the love of Christ to? And then notice uh, a settled heart departs from scheming. Verses 29 through 32, it departs from scheming. A heart that is uh, set on revenge is not settled on the wisdom of God. Look at verse number 29. Devise not evil against thy neighbor, seeing he dwelleth securely by thee. We lived in Goshen at the time, and uh, my parents were divorced, and I'd, I'd moved out of the house uh, at this point, and all this kind of stuff. Well, nobody was cutting the grass anymore. And there was a sweet lady that lived right across the road. Uh, her dog wasn't sweet, but she was. And she would always, you know, my sister was still living there. She'd invite my sister over and she'd give her snacks and all this kind of stuff. And she was always, Miss Gail was her name. And she's always, always a sweet lady to us. And then the grass stopped getting cut. And she was the one who called code enforcement over and over and over. Never called my mom, never called my dad, never called, you know, any of us. Just called code enforcement over and over and over and over again. I'm going to be honest with you, when I, when I had to go over there and cut the grass because nobody else was there to do it, man, I was thinking, boy, that lady comes out on her front porch. I'm going to go over there, I'm going to have a stern talk with her. Then she came out. What would you do? I waved at her. <laughs> hey. Right, but in essence, our Christian life, right, if our hearts are set on revenge, I've got to get even with them, then we cannot claim that we are walking the wisdom of God. We can't claim that. A heart that is set on revenge is not set on the wisdom of God. A heart that is set on instigating is not set on the wisdom of God. Verse number 30, strive not with a man without cause. If he have done thee, no harm. In the cabinet shop, Brother Mike Andrews used to have a motion. He'd say, Brother Tate, I'm fixing to go stir the pot. In essence, he was going to bring something up and issue a problem, and he was going to see how many people got mad with it. And uh, sometimes we'd do it just for fun to see how people reacted. But in reality is tonight that if that's our heart, right, if we're going to be the ones who are going to go to so-and-so, we've got to tell them what so-and-so said about so-and-so so they can know what so-and-so said about them. They can go back and tell them. And right, and you're not even in the midst of it. You're not even involved in it, right? A heart that, that enjoys that, a heart that desires that, a heart that is, that is longing to do that is not living and is not set on the wisdom of God tonight. And a heart that is jealous of the world is not set on the wisdom of God. Go down to verse number 31. Envy thou not the oppressor and choose none of his ways. The world has nothing to be jealous of tonight. And sometimes we have, to, we have to tell ourselves that again and again and again. Right? The world has nothing to offer me. Matter of fact, it offered its best to me before I got saved and it couldn't help me. And so there's no need for us to be jealous tonight because we know the reward of the world tonight. That a heart that desires sinful things is not settled on the wisdom of God. Look at verse number 32. For the froward is an abomination to the Lord, but his, his secret is with the righteous tonight. And so we understand tonight, if you and I are desiring things that we know to be wrong, now listen, we've got temptation, we've got a flesh tonight, but God has promised us to give us an escape for those things, how to deal with those things, and yet when that, those moments come, and instead of dealing with them in the proper way, we continue to dwell on them, we think about them, we just, we begin to, you know, it just becomes a part of who we are in that sense, we just, we want more and more and more of it, we cannot claim that our hearts are settled on the wisdom of God tonight. No solidification of the heart. Are you allowing God's wisdom to solidify and settle your heart tonight? Or are there other things in your life and in your heart tonight that's causing it to be hard? Then notice number three tonight, the wisdom agrees with truth. Wisdom agrees with truth. Why 
Why should we not forget wisdom? Because it agrees with truth. Notice this, verse number 33. It says, the curse of the Lord is in the house of the wicked, but he blesses the habitation of the just. And so essence and I, we know when wisdom agrees with truth, and the truth is God does bless one, right? God does bless and take care of one, and the other he curses. Tonight, the, the, this goes beyond just things too, right? Because so many times we see people with things, we thought, man, the Lord must be blessing them. And yet the reality is the greatest blessings we have in our Christian life are not things. Right? They're not things. They're things like, but they are, they are peace, they're joy, contentment, love, all those things that, w- that we can only get in Christ tonight. And so we realize tonight that, uh, that we understand that we're already blessed. Amen? God doesn't do anything else for us tonight to claim to be blessed. We already are tonight. We're thankful that he continues to give us blessings. So wisdom says, why don't we just go with the one who blesses and, 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 and obey him and listen to him instead of going the way of the world. We know that the, the end result there is not good. Verse number 34, he scorns one and extends grace to the, to the other. Look at verse number 34. Surely he scorneth the scorners, but he giveth grace unto the lowly. That word scorn means to mock, it means to deride, it means a long-term judgment, right? It means that in essence, uh, there is no way you can help me tonight. Now, he goes on to say that he gives grace to the lowly. Now, I'm not a Calvinist, and I'm not saying that God only picks the lowly people. But in essence, tonight, well, what does that mean? It means those who are willing and, and, and make the choice to say, you know what, Lord, I'm wrong, you're right. I'm willing to put myself low because you are already the highest of the high. And so I, I've made myself a base. I've made myself low to you. Lord, I've humbled myself. Right, God said, that's, that's where realization comes in, that I'm a sinner, God is righteous, he ought to throw me into hell, but he didn't, but he's willing to extend grace to me tonight. And so we understand tonight that, that wisdom agrees with truth, and the truth is that, yes, God does scorn some, he, he will judge some, and yes, when it comes to that day, there will be no, no excuse they can give that'll get them out of it, but yet, at the same time, we ought to be in the same place, but because we're willing to honest, be honest about that, God extended grace to us, and we're grateful for it tonight. Then notice this, one receives an inheritance, the other a promotion. Well, brother, Preacher, both those sound great. Hold on a second. Look what he says in verse number 35. The wise shall inherit glory, but shame shall be the promotion of fools. So one receives an inheritance. Here's the thing. Preacher, how do I get an inheritance? Just be part of a family. (laughs) How many of you have ever thought this? Man, I wish I had one, one, one real, real rich uncle that I hadn't met yet that put me in his will, gave me his inheritance. (laughs) And... I've heard people say, I'm thinking, well, if they don't know who you are now, they're not going to put you in the wheel. <laughs> but in essence, well, what kind of inheritance do we get? We got more heaven, eternal peace, eternal joy, all of that stuff we look forward to, all that stuff we sing about. Why do we have that? Because we're simply in the family, right? We've been promised that from the Father, and we're grateful for that tonight. And wisdom says, listen, one does get an inheritance, and the other gets a promotion. What is it? The promotion of shame. Look what it says right there in verse number 35. But shame shall be the promotion of fools. That word shame means to dishonor, disgrace. Right? That word promotion means an elevation, so that dishonor, that disgrace is going to be elevated. I can't help but think about the great white throne of judgment. Right? All that that's done wrong, all that they, 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 they've done, now it's going to be elevated. The whole, everybody's going to be there. Everybody's going to see it. Everybody's going to take record of it. Well, who's going to be there, preacher? Who's going to have, to, who's going to have their, their shame promoted? Look at the Bible says the fools. Well, who are the fools? Those who knew the truth. And rejected it. Said, we don't want that. We don't want that. And wisdom tells us that wisdom agrees with the truth that listen, there are going to be people that are going to experience that. They're going to go through that. But by the grace of God, you don't have to. Right? You don't have to be there. The wisest thing you can do is get saved by the grace of God. Why? Because there's an inheritance tied to truth. 
There's inheritance that is tri- tied to grace. There's, there's, there's grace and there's blessings that are tied to those things. So wisdom agrees with the truth tonight. So not, hey, don't lose focus of wisdom. Don't allow wisdom to get out of, out of sight, out of mind, but rather get up every day and say, Lord, I need wisdom. I need wisdom because, Lord, I need the immediate actions. I need those immediate results. Lord, I need my heart settled. And, Lord, I need to be reminded of the great truths. So, Lord, I need wisdom. And I don't want to lose it tonight.